0: This episode of Testers Island Discs is sponsored by TestRail, a modern web-based test management tool which allows you to manage all of your testing efforts in a centralized location. To learn more about TestRail and to find out how you can sign up for a free trial, visit www.testrail.com or see the details in the show description. Welcome to Testers Island Discs, your most musical guide to the world of software testing. My name's Neil Studd and I'll be your castaway companion. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Testers Island Discs, where today my special guest is Mr. Danny Dainton. Danny has taken an especially unusual route into testing. He spent over 10 years in the British Army before becoming a long-established tester with New Voice Media. He recently gave his first conference talk at Test Bash in Brighton and regular listeners of the podcast will recognise him because he's been name-checked for about five or six episodes in a row now, so it's about time we found out what he was all about. Welcome to the podcast, Danny.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I, th- I think it's probably three times rather than five times. <laughs> Maybe it feels like more than it is. But it feels uh, like more, yeah, definitely. It's crazy to keep hearing my name all the time. I, th- I feel absolutely embarrassed by it, but it's, it's just nice to nice to hear your name, I guess.
0: But before we get into talking about your testing career, I did mention that you're quite unique and that you've had two very distinct careers to this point. How did you transition from the Army to testing?
1: uh it's, it's weird it's very weird I mean yeah it is unique I don't really talk to many people who've had that same the first career uh and then moved into testing I I think I I left the the army in around 2010 um the end of 2010 and didn't really know what I wanted to do and I was kind of floating around for a uh, for a little bit and someone out of the blue gave me a call and said do you want to come down to uh, a place in Essex um, and do some testing and I, was, I didn't know what that was but at the time I actually really really needed a job so uh, by fate or luck or chance um, I went down to Essex from from uh, the northeast at the time and I, I met this guy he introduced me to to what testing is and then after about three days, he left to join another company. So I was kind of stuck down in this, this company for probably about eight months. I stayed down there in the end. But after that three-day period of him leaving, I was just on my own to uh, to find out what testing is and testing was. And uh, that was initially my route into testing. It was, it was very strange, but but obviously it's worked out well.
0: That's remarkably similar to my first entry into testing as well. I've not really spoke about it on the podcast, but the first company that I joined out of university I kind of joined as like an admin person. And then suddenly we we had a tester who left and flung me over literally a copy of the ISTQB foundation handbook and said, here's all everything you need to know about testing go. And yeah, there was a settling in period where I realized that wasn't all I needed to know about testing, but yeah, sometimes going into the deep end can uh, open your eyes very quickly.
1: <laughs> sometimes it's like a uh, sink or swim, really. You, you, you do need to, um, uh start asking questions of people and you know just literally just talking to people that helped me i think that's the main thing that's a really interesting
0: analogy actually because i've literally this week started swimming lessons and my first lesson was very (laughs) very much sink rather than swim (laughs) but was there anything you had in your army days that allowed you to actually ease your transition to testing anything from your day-to-day rigmarole
1: roll. yeah. Um, there's a lot of structure to um, to what we do in the army. Um, we uh, our, our days are very, very planned out. So, I mean, structure is a big thing in my life now. Working from home, um, I need a, a certain level of structure to to be able to to be disciplined enough to do that. But I guess the main thing from the army is teamwork, uh, communication, collaboration. You're you're with um, other people all the time, and you. You're never on your own so to be working as a part of a team is is paramount and the utmost importance when you're when you're in different environments so i think kind of working with other people before and um working in in smaller teams and bigger teams has helped me go into businesses or go into companies and i'm um, sort of hit the ground running and start speaking to people straight away because i'm i like talking to people i'm quite quite chatty i i like uh i like hearing people's own stories and uh, asking my own questions of them i I just generally love love communicating with people
0: and that stretches into your interactions online as well we're going to get into some of your work that you've done online particularly around postman and collaborating with people over the internet on using postman for people who want to know more about your career that was much of what your test pass brighton talk was about it was about the transition from your school days to the army days to the world of testing we had Andrew Morton on the podcast a while back just after the Brighton to who actually name dropped you That may have been your first mention, the first of many.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a great experience. I got um, uh, given the opportunity to go and speak at uh, Test Bash in Brian, which to me personally, it means uh, so much because it's where my my own personal testing journey began and the first conference that I went to. So to be able to go back there and be one of the people on stage um, following in the footsteps of just some amazing, amazing people was just uh, incredible. And yeah, I guess my talk was essentially about me and uh, my transition through uh, being a really, really horrible uh, student uh, when I was a teenager, moving through, joining the army, and then finally finding sort of the wonderful world of testing and um, opening my eyes to to everything that I, I know now and want to know more about it. So we're going to go in-depth into your
0: experiences with Postman and how you come to learn and cherish it all and then pass that information on to others after we hear about your first song selection. So you're allowed to take five songs with you to the fictional Tester's Desert Island, What was song number one that you've picked?
1: So uh, my first song, uh, this is not my favorite song. The song is absolutely terrible. I actually have no idea what the guy's saying, but it's um, a song that just sparks memories. Like every piece of music, really, it sparks memories. of You can understand where you were and uh, what you were doing at the time when um, you hear a song. And, And this song in particular was probably the first CD I ever bought back when you actually had to buy physical CDs rather than get it from a download or streaming and whatever and i remember going to our price i think it was I think that it even exists anymore in, in the uk and buying this cd and out of my own money and it was just that that's a whole the reason why i, I chose the song but also jim carrey does a really good parody which is quite cool um and it's probably better than the original song anyway but um the first song is uh, informer by snow <laughs> Rainy can part you through my window, so they put me in the but they at the station. From
0: that point on, I reached my destination. With the destination, reaching out of easy tension. With
1: look at my pants, look up my bottom. So, in farmer, you know, say that I'm a snowman, I go play. I'll keep on bummed down. Take the man that says, say that I'm a snowman, stop somewhere down the lane. I'll keep on bummed down, in farmer, you know, say that I'm a snowman, I go play. I'll keep on bummed down. Check the man that says, say that I'm a snowman, stop somewhere down the lane.
0: That was snow with Informer. I was hoping you, that you were going to say that you know the rap word for word, and I was going to force you to do it on the spot. But
1: <laughs> it, it's just one of them things where like, the guy's singing or talking or rapping. I have no idea what he's talking about. I have like literally no idea, and I, I, I haven't even looked at the lyrics to even find out. But it just it, you, I think when you when you try and sing along with it, you try and try and word or mouth <laughs> the words, but it's just it's gibberish. Absolute gibberish. I think it's probably one of those ones where if you look
0: at the words, it is actually to British. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, Danny, you and I are both relatively experienced with using the tool Postman, uh, and we've certainly name-checked it a bit on this podcast in the past. But
1: for those people who don't know what it
0: is, can you briefly explain what Postman is?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, in, a, in a nutshell, I guess it's, uh, it's a tool or a, an application to make uh, API development easier. Um, it allows you to, to, to send basic or quite complex HTTP requests, to an API or a web service. It's, it's really cool. I mean, it, I can go more in depth uh, about it. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will talk about this, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's essentially what it is.
0: Obviously you can't talk about Postman without talking about APIs. And for those who, who, who aren't deeply experienced with APIs, so much of the web these days is built around APIs, even when you're just browsing around in a web browser. Quite often in the background, it's not just static HTML requests going off. It's requests to particular what they call endpoints. You know, here is a bit of data. Can you send me a bit of data back that matches the data that I requested? Uh, It's really interesting sometimes to just poke around inside the network tab in Chrome and just to see which requests are going off. I've learned so much about the web just by poking around that. I actually did a personal project that I won't go into detail with. I'll put a link to a blog post in the show notes. But I discovered my cinema website, which is really difficult to navigate was doing all of its communications behind the scenes with an API. And I actually managed to set up some cron jobs and some email alerts would actually just take care of emailing me in the background when tickets went on sale. So I didn't have to keep plodding around on the website.
1: That's so cool. I, lo- I love that. I've read that um, blog post and I-, I love the idea and the concept that you can do that in in something you're really passionate about as well. You- you're-, you're fixed on, I- I've got a problem to solve and I know how to solve it. And I think it's just that idea of creating something to do something for you. I just, I love it. And I've done many, many things myself.
0: And while we've referred to Postman as a development tool, there certainly is stuff in there for testers. You can use it as almost a, a pre-built test harness of sorts if you've got an API to speak to.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, i I think um, it's open to, to a lot of people now. I mean, the tool itself has grown over the last four or five years and um, it's become kind of go-to or a um, sort of de facto standard for developers, testers, uh, people, technical writers, maybe writing documentation, which you can get from Postman. But I don't think it's it's gone away from just being about developers now. I think, it, yeah, there's lots of different aspects of the tool that anybody can use. And it's so, I think that I like it or I I found that it's been easier to learn because it's to me, it's very intuitive in what I'm doing. I don't feel like I'm, although the thing that you're doing is, I guess, quite technical, but it doesn't feel like you're doing it while you're using the application. I think that's why they've made it that way.
0: It's certainly an ever maturing tool. It's one that's updated regularly and it's updated regularly with things that I actually want to use. It's one of those ones that's really refreshing to see like the what's new page come up and go, oh, that's something that really interests me. I even remember probably been a year to 18 months ago now when like the tests tab first appeared. I was like, oh, tests, what, what can we do with tests? And we'll talk a bit about that in, in our next section. I should say, of course, we're not sponsored by Postman and there are other <laughs> tools out there that could do some of the things. Uh, I know that there's a tool for Mac called Poor, which is quite popular, you know, if you want to compare them around. And the base version of Postman is completely free. There are sort of tiered versions up there. If you're making like millions upon millions of requests a month, then they'll, you know, they'll ask you to pay money for it for certain elements of the product. But it's free to get off the ground with it. It's certainly worth looking at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, for something that's free or the, the the set of features that they offer you for the free service is is pretty good. I mean, it, it's uh, I, I understand uh, why they, they've they sort of introduced a payment model. It costs money to develop something uh, like that. So, I mean, of course, they're going to start charging subscriptions. But the actual um, service they provide for the paid tier is actually really, really good. And like you said, they are um, creating features that people want to use rather than just like kind of dumping something on you and uh, here you go, here's something new. It's um, it's actually really, really quite good. And uh, the little tweaks and changes they make, uh, they're listening to people. They're on GitHub. They listen to, to their uh, users. They introduce their uh, requests through their issues you know, in GitHub. So yeah, they are really listening to their, to their users, it's, which is really cool to, to hear actually.
0: And we'll talk about some of those features in our next section after we hear about your second song choice.
1: So my second song is uh, one that I just love this song anyway, because it just, it kind of starts quite, slow and it builds up and it builds up but one of the reasons why i absolutely love it is because uh the video is epic is absolutely epic it's from a film a short film a french film i can't actually remember the name of it and even if i tried to say the french name i'd be horrendously <laughs> embarrassed but um it's essentially a car driving through the center of paris in the 1970s and it is just non stop. so it's from a, sort of like seven, eight, nine minutes long of a car just going through the center of Paris and going through red lights, going the wrong way down roads. Um, just for a car driver, it just it's just amazing to see. And because the song kind of goes really well with it as it's going along, and it kind of builds to an end, I just absolutely love it. And it's "Open Your Eyes" by Snow Patrol.
0: I want so much to open your eyes. Because I need you to look into mine.
1: Tell me that you'll open your eyes. Tell me.
0: That was Open Your Eyes by Snow Patrol. Now, continuing our discussion about Postman, I describe myself as being a user of Postman. I use it every single day for my job. My job would be very hard without it, but yeah, I probably use less than 10% of its features. I I use the the very basic stuff for formatting a request, sending it and looking at the response and just manually checking what comes back. There's obviously a lot more in there. I mentioned there's now a, a tests tab. Can you explain to people what you can test that comes back from an API?
1: Um, Essentially, within I mean, I don't want to get in the debate with testing and check in. I mean, in the (laughs) context of Postman, it's called tests. They are tests because the people who created it called it that. But they're kind of checks. (laughs) But uh, anyway, um, so the um, the test tab itself, you can from a response, you can check the whole data structure, the response code, the response time. It uh, loads and loads. I mean, the list is endless. I can rattle off lots and lots. But uh, essentially, it gives you the ability to to do a, a hell of a lot with the response you're getting back from an endpoint or a web service.
0: Yeah, you can do things like you can count the number of nodes you get. So if you expect to get five items back, you can say, if I haven't got five items, then fail this test. Uh, You mentioned um, response time. So I find it really useful for performance thresholds. So if I want to fire sample requests off to production or semi-production sites, I can have a threshold and they're saying, if this takes longer than 200 milliseconds to come back, then something's up with our performance because we have certain thresholds we want to meet. And so it's just little extra things that can just be going on in the background and they run every single time you run. So even if you're not running that request because you want to test it, it's still running those tests on every request. So even if you're just reviewing the data manually, it will... Flash red and go. You failed some of your tests, and you go. Ah, oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I love it because it's 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 like a little uh, JavaScript playground. I know a lot of people don't really like JavaScript, but it's got a bad rep. It's getting better. It's got better. But um, because you can use sort of basic uh, native vanilla JavaScript in there, you can then incorporate that into your tests as well. And also um, the chai uh, assertion library, which you can um, write some pretty sort of human readable, I guess tests rather than having kind of like a uh, i don't know a, ro- a robotic response to your test which it, it's changed a lot over the the few uh, the last few years where the syntax has moved from being sort of tests and then a really horrible string of something to a kind of more powerful postman api which is it's actually pretty cool it's very good
0: that's something that i haven't used but i know you've been blogging a lot about uh, special features within postman Have, is that something you've written a blog post about before
1: so i've written um Blog posts about different things. I, I talk about Postman a, a lot, and I uh, <laughs> and I don't tend to blog quite a lot about it for some reason. Maybe because I'm just sick of talking about it all the time. I just <laughs> sit down and then write <laughs> a specific blog post about something. But recently, um, I wrote one about using uh, JavaScript library uh, Moment, which. Deals with sort of time and date and and um, everything like that because working with time and date in JavaScript is actually pretty dire and it's very um, it's very difficult to get something uh, <laughs> quick and easy and it's um, using built-in modules like that which come with the sort of native Postman application. There's so much use out of those, which uh, they're so good. If you're um, creating data or a and response for a particular format of a date, or a, just it's great. It's so good to use um, little modules like that, and I, I think it's really cool. And I'll be blogging more about those because there's a couple more I want to want to talk about as well.
0: Yeah, the number of different plugins and, and modules you can get is growing all the time. And Postman mm. itself integrates into a load of different things. Uh, I know you can actually make it integrate with Jenkins.
1: Yep. So you can. Yeah. I mean, you can integrate that into your. Uh, your pipeline and um, create sort of Jenkins jobs to to go off the back of something. So maybe you've got a kind of smoke test of, of a particular suite of um, API endpoints, or uh, you can you know run off the back of um, a completed job to then create a, a suite of tests within Postman Collection, use the exported file from there within Jenkins and run with the uh, Newman command line runner, which um, is also sort of made by, by Postman itself. So it's that's a separate thing um, that you can uh, use to run all your collections you would through the UI, but on a command line. And there's lots of sort of command line arguments that you can uh, use with that as well, which is pretty cool. It's pretty good. I, I like um, tinkering around with stuff. I like getting local copies of things and uh, creating little scripts and trying to get things working locally just to kind of understand the way uh, things are put together and the, uh, what could go wrong if it does go wrong and just essentially trying to make things work. I, I really get a lot of sort of enjoyment from that. So, I mean, I, I take all these sort of um, little tools uh, on my, my local machine and try and get them working myself.
0: And we're going to talk a bit more about your process of discovering and learning and sharing with others after we hear about your third song choice. Uh,
1: Again, I'm like the first song. This is not my favorite song. Uh, This is a a song I chose by a particular artist, which I'll tell you about um, for, for a really embarrassing reason. So when I was in the, the army, uh, one of my tours, we went down to the Falklands for, uh, for about four months, just doing general sort of uh, patrols and sort of security around the airport, which is the main sort of base down there. And, this was during a time where there was no Wi-Fi. No one had smartphones. Uh, There's still dial-up internet, so we had sort of no, no means to uh, to look at anything on the internet um, from where we were in our remote position. And one of the guys, he had a CD player, but he had um, an album by uh, Avril Lavigne, one of the only CDs he had, which was ridiculous for a group group of uh, infantry blokes are supposed to be like we're we're lads and uh, everyone sort of gave him lots of stick for it and like oh my god why have you got that and because we're so bored this CD and his CD player got passed around each bloke so everyone was um, listening to this Avril Levine album for, for no reason because they were just bored and it got to the point where everyone was just kind of singing random songs from this album <laughs> to themselves or just humming it and then everyone else would just pipe up and they'd be humming it, so, it as well and it's it is so embarrassing but it's a really good memory for me because it's just so ridiculous that i would never ever forget that but the one that i chose from that is uh skater boy from uh, avril Lavigne's album
0: That was, believe it or not, Avril Lavigne with Skater Boy. <laughs> what well, a song I never imagined having to play on this podcast, but here we are. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. No problem. So up until now, we've been talking a lot about Postman and about the vast array of features it has and that new features are being added all the time. Now, it's obviously taken you some time to reach the point where you're, you have a mature enough understanding of the application to want to go out and write about it and to, to post to other people. How did you go from not knowing very much about Postman at all to being someone who is... I think in the top 2% of contributors who have Postman on Stack Overflow.
1: That's a high accolade. Uh, uh, I, I don't really know, actually. Uh, I, I think it was just, um, I discovered the tool after using something else, um, uh, Advanced REST Client, which is a, another uh, Chrome extension, which I think it's still going. But when I joined New Voice Media, they, um, we had a, a, an API which is is pretty horrible if, I, if I'm being completely honest, but the documentation that was there, which I think Dan Billing had a had a hand in writing, uh, but it was just it was using uh, Advanced Rest Client as the kind of the tool to explain how to use this API. And I was using this, thinking like, yeah, that's awesome. And then I discovered Postman. I thought, no, that's not awesome. This is awesome. Um, so uh, as I was using Postman, I got to use the features. I thought, oh, that's cool. What I was going to do. All right, what was going to do? Oh, and that. Oh, wow! So every time I was using the tool, I was discovering something more and more, and it was feeding my interest. And I'm like big believer in sort of follow the energy. And I was I was loving this, so I just kept looking at more and more, and um, I wanted to know more, and that kind of moved me away from the application and into blogs and articles and their documentation. And then just trial and error, really. I like making mistakes. I like um, just playing around with with applications and um, seeing what it can do, and just learning from failing, essentially. And I failed a yeah. lot. And then <laughs> and uh, now, I'm yeah, I'm I don't know everything. I will never ever claim to know everything about the tool. I, I've not used every feature in its own in its full glory. I, I've uh, I've used lots of them. And I know what I know, but I'm still learning myself. know yeah, it's still still something that I'm I'm learning every time I use it or I speak to people about it. Just, so yeah, then my interest is still sparked. I'm still still loving it.
0: I think blogging about things as you discover them is a really valuable way of reinforcing your own learning Absolutely. as much as sharing it with other people. And you know, even even if you don't get everything right, even if you you know you you make some assumptions or you you've only partially understood what something does. When you then get a comment back on that blog saying, hey, I noticed you, you said this. Did you know you could also do this and this and this? Then, you know, that that's using the community to help you with your own learning. I think uh, blogging is is really valuable. I need, I need to get back on the blogging bandwagon myself.
1: Yeah, no, you're great. I mean, like, the, <laughs> just uh, praise you with glory. But your, no, your, your blogs are awesome. They're really, really good. And I've I personally um, used one of them, probably more of them, to uh, create a tool myself using one of your... The oh, the Slackbot Slack yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that thing is still uh, going strong in New Voice Media, the thing that I created. Yeah. And we use it every single week, and that's just a, a testament of basically nicking an idea from you and then implementing it at New Voice Media in a, <laughs> in a different way. But... Uh, for something else, but, but in the same way.
0: And mine was nicked from a code sample that I found that was for something completely different, like a, a hello world example. I then built up to do something slightly different. Um, but I mean, that, that's that's why, yeah, yeah, reusing stuff from the internet is great. And and obviously that brings us on to mention Stack Overflow, which I again, much like Postman itself, I've probably find myself on Stack Overflow more than once a day. It obviously has its perils. Copying and pasting from yeah. Stack Overflow has kind of become a meme in itself, <laughs> but. yeah how how do you um yeah how much do you think you have to take things with a pinch of salt that you see Uh, on there how much do you need to do independent research
1: i think you need to be open-minded to to what you read and i mean you can get frustrated by it i think uh, a lot by even reading comments and um but my little corner of uh, stack overflow which is just literally i i look at stack overflow just using postman tags that's it i don't see any of the other stuff unless it's you know a question has got mm-hmm. multiple things in it so I, i'm kind of shielded from all that i i'm a little bit intimidated by saco flow to be honest i know what i know on there i can provide you know uh, answers or you know guidance or not solutions just help i guess um with postman but away from that i um just wouldn't even know what to say i've like no idea i'm not that technically gifted at the moment to, uh, to to be able to write in a really eloquent way about um, a particular problem that other people have. And I just stick to my st- my side of uh, Stack Overflow, but it has its, its problems as well. It's very easy for people to just drop a question on there and think immediately they're going to get an answer based on the information they provided, which is just not the case. And sometimes you know English is not the first language so that's a task in itself to try and explain a problem in English um, which I am absolutely jealous of because I can't write in a different language so I am like absolutely well you blow my mind <laughs> you're always kind of teasing out more information you're trying to like okay what do you really mean and it's it's like getting a really bad bug report and you yeah. know you looking at some of your, your content on, um, on the dojo about kind of supercharging your bug reports and people could learn a lot from just looking at that and then trying to apply what they're trying to ask within their question because they don't put examples. They, you know, something's wrong. Okay. What's wrong? <laughs> and and that, that's it. And they provide, can you help me? It's like, I need help now. Like, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about, but, um, yeah, I've been, I kind of low, there's a lot of low hanging fruit there where i can i can provide an answer to and then um i i provide it in a certain way so I, I like to kind of structure my my answers and give examples and add pictures or gifs or something to try and make people uh, understand me more engage, because yeah. yeah engage and you know they they're really um they're really appreciative of uh, the stuff i'm giving them i guess
0: i definitely need to take a leaf out of your book and start interacting with stack overflow more because i i consume stuff off it like i say you know daily but i've given back so little i don't have enough points to do even like the very basic things like upvoting or something or things like that i, I just i can't do them because you need to have like i don't know 10 points 50 points or something
1: the, the level of whatever they do they their the user it is it's weird I, I feel it's weird because you you know you can't even attach a picture for for a long time or you, can, yeah. you can't do many things until you've got 15 points but to get 15 points is actually quite difficult if you you haven't provided an answer you're 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 not asking questions on there you're, yeah it's very It's just really really difficult
0: and we're going to talk a bit more about danny's little corner of stack overflow after we hear about danny's penultimate song choice
1: yeah so this is um something that's that is very personal to to me this song just brings back so many memories me and my wife now but she wasn't my wife then we um we went to uh australia we did some traveling around and i essentially followed her over there after meeting her and uh, i um uh, the the last sort of uh, couple of months of us being in Australia after working there we, we took a road trip up the coast taking in lots of different sites along the way there uh, it's just an incredible country and I'd, I'd love to go back there I think we are planning to go back there but because it was a road trip we had a, a small little car and on the radio played this song over and over again and it just like we we loved it it's just it's something that brings back a lot of memories for us just when we you know we first were together and the memories we got from some sort of, living in australia but we also chose a song um as one where we walked down the aisle uh through our friends and family after we got married and it's just the start of it it's actually really nice and it's just um it just makes me smile uh, every time i hear the start of it and and this is Coldplay paradise
0: was Coldplay with Paradise. Talking about your little corner of Stack Overflow, where I said you're in the top 2% of the year uh, for this year on Stack Overflow for Postman. You got some recognition from the Postman team, I believe
1: yeah they're really i mean they're really lovely about um the stuff i do obviously i'm you know i do it off my own back and i'm not doing it to get the recognition or uh i don't get paid for it i'd love to get paid for it but because they're on twitter i'm obviously on twitter quite a lot and they retweet my stuff they're really thankful for for me helping other postman users um, in answering questions on stack overflow and they yeah they sort of private message me and said so you want to, we want to thank you for your, your contributions. We want to send you a goodie bag or, you know, you want to do this. And then mm-hmm. with the upcoming conference that uh, is happening in San Francisco, know, let's look to sort of get you, get you over there. I thought that's a bit weird. <laughs> that's that's great. But I'm actually going to New York in a couple of months. So I mean, well, less than a month. So um, I, that didn't really work out for me next year. If it's, if it's on next year, I will absolutely be over there. And it's, it's right up my street, that conference that is exactly what I need
0: yeah well that's motivation for you to continue contributing Then, if you, if you can keep that top two percent into next year and uh, and know that you might be able to do that that's great um a quick name check actually for the conference postcon because we actually have one of our testers the alumni speaking there amber race is giving a talk there about uh, using it as a, as a tool for aiding and assisting in automated testing so uh
1: yeah I'm so happy she's there that. so I, I got the chance to meet amber at, um, in brighton and she's just incredible she's just so lovely and she is just absolutely all over Postman so I mean she's the perfect person to be speaking at a conference amongst lots of other sort of big huge firms are represented by people there and giving talks and it's you know like Slack, PayPal, Atlassian, Microsoft, Facebook there's a lot of lot of big big players I mean it's in San Francisco so um, you'd imagine a lot of big companies there but I just I'm so happy that Amber's there I'm incredibly happy.
0: And speaking of big players um, we've mentioned GitHub already um, during this conversation the week that we're recording this obviously there's big news around github that they're being acquired by microsoft which i think there are a lot of doom mongers out there <laughs> fearing the worst about what might happen uh, again a lot a lot of these dodgy little memes being uh, yeah. being locked up of you know linkedin integrations into github and stuff <laughs> but i don't think that acquisitions necessarily need to be bad is that fair to say
1: yeah i think it's fair i mean you know it's not i, I think people are just looking at um, microsoft of old and uh, comparing it you know bring out the xp stuff or clippy or you know some some bad uh, am i getting github for enterprise edition or you know whatever you know and i don't think it's bad i you know who knows until it's it's actually done it's like it's so fresh you don't know what direction it's going to go in you know what's going to happen and you know, I, I get people want to say negative things towards it but you know you don't really know until it's actually happened
0: yeah, I think Microsoft have a, a relatively good track record on this sort of thing. I mean,
1: Skype. Skype. Yeah, I think people's like go to is Skype most of the time. It is. It is horrendous to use it. I, I'm, you know, freely admit that it's it's not something I use all the time. And and when I do use it, I just don't like it at all. And it's just got too sort of gimmicky and just not very good actually.
0: But those are concerns for another day. Uh, I think there's going to be some time before anything uh, majorly changes there. So we we shall wait and see. In the meantime, let's go out in style. What's your fifth song choice, Danny?
1: So my fifth song choice, I've actually picked something that I really, really love. I mean, I love the song that I've walked <laughs> down the aisle with my wife with, but before Test Bash Brighton, I was I was so nervous first speaking at a conference and uh, it was just a really surreal moment. I was just in my own little world. I walked from the hotel to um, the conference uh, centre, which was quite close, but I was listening to music at the time. And it was on Spotify, some sort of rock, uh, rock playlist. I'm not sure what it was, but... I just really love uh, intros and riffs, and uh, I think um, this song in particular has just an incredible sort of twenty-five seconds at the start of it that is just like epic, and it's just made me realise that how good some some of the old songs, some definitely rock songs, uh, you know, they just bring me up, and they were the perfect um, uh, starting point for to go and do the talk in Brighton, uh, and this is uh, ACDC Back in Black.
0: was AC/DC with back in black making acdc the first band to appear three times on Tesla's island discs and i'm sure there'll be many more to come now with all of your music selections out of the way that's only one piece of business remaining and that piece of business is to select the books that you would take to the desert island with you if you had a choice
1: so my book is not a testing book it's uh it's actually kind of a i guess it, it is a military book so I for a long time I didn't read books I I like I said I was just a terrible student I had no interest in, in learning but um I found myself um I got a book from from someone I used to serve in the army with and it was um about the French foreign legion and um I, I just had a kind of love affair of uh, not, I'd have, I never wanted to join the Foreign Legion, but it started a, a period of me buying books about personal stories about people joining the Legion from different years. And it's just like, it's incredible. And this book um, kicked it all off. And uh, it's called uh, Legionnaire by Simon Murray, who's an English guy who joined the Foreign Legion in the uh, 60s, I think, which was just really crazy time back then where they. People from everywhere over the world would join the legion for uh, lots of different reasons. Lots of horrible, nasty people who probably should have been locked away in prison uh, for the rest of their lives, but they got anim- anonymity from um, from joining the Le- legion. And yeah, I mean, it's just I never ever wanted to join it, um, but I was in the army at the time. I could heavily relate to what they were kind of going through. So yeah, I think the, the phase has stopped now. I absolutely haven't bought a foreign legion book for a long time, but. Um, i still got them in my garage. And I I was looking at it today and I thought, "Mm, I really want to read that again. It's really cool.
0: That's Legionnaire by Simon Murray, the latest book to be added to the Tesla's Island Discs bookshelf. If you go to goodreads.com, there's a list where you can find all the books that have been selected by previous guests. That link is in the show notes. We also have a Spotify playlist where you can hear all of the songs from previous guests. That is also linked in the show notes. Now, Danny, it's been wonderful talking to you, not just about Postman, but about your career and the variety of stuff that goes on in your life, which puts even me to shame.
1: (laughs) Thank you. No, it's been a pleasure. I'm a massive fan of the podcast, so uh, to be asked on it, I, I feel incredibly honoured. Well,
0: we couldn't have it any other way. You, you, you're practically a part of the furniture now.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've been on it a lot. <laughs> For people who'd like to hear from you in non-audio formats, where can they find you these days? So I'm uh, I'm on Twitter all the time, at uh, Danny Dainton. Keep it simple, it's my name. Uh, I also blog at <laughs> uh, dot com, I believe. And um, yeah, I, there's also uh a couple of things that i want to mention that i'm going to be doing this this year um i've recently taken over the organization of um, a local test meetup in bristol which is southwest test which i kind of love the name and um yeah um, i've started to get that going again we had our first uh, meetup under my uh, organization a couple of weeks ago, which went really well. Uh, we've got a new meetup announced for uh, the 10th of July. So, if anybody's in the Bristol area and wants to uh, attend the meetup, please come down. we'd Love to have you there. And also, I'm at a couple of conferences um, this year SwanseaCon in Swansea, um, organized by Viv Richards, uh, who came and did a talk at Southwest Test. Uh, and Lisa is going to be there. Uh, the wonderful Jem Hill is going to be there, who's incredible. And I can't wait to see her on there. But also I'll be at Test Bash Manchester. So uh, that's that's really cool. I've never been up there before. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to being up there for a couple of days.
0: Excellent. I should certainly be seeing you at Manchester. Um, I'm hoping to make my way to Southwest Test at some point as well. I, I, yeah. I am trying to fill out my uh, UK meetup passport. And Southwest Test is one I need to check off, either as an attendee or a speaker, um, ha- however you'll have me. <laughs> I'll be there sometime.
1: Yeah, any, anything you want. We are very, very open to uh, new speakers, old speakers, uh, accomplished speakers, anybody. Anybody wants to share anything?
0: super well you can find all of those things linked in the show notes along with everything we've discussed today i think it's going to be one of our longest set of notes because it's been uh, quite a fun discussion thank you very much indeed danny for coming on the podcast it's been a real pleasure
1: thank you so much no i uh, keep up the good work you do great job and i can't wait to uh, to hear the next uh, episodes when uh, when they when they come out
0: thanks very much and that will be in two weeks time and i look forward to speaking to you all again then see you soon everybody bye testers island discs is brought to you in association with the ministry of testing Written and produced by Neil Studd. Theme music by Tony Lovitch. Follow us on Twitter at Testers Island.